The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 15th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 21. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a lot we're going to get into today. We're going to talk a little bit about some topics that came up earlier in the week uh, when the Cowboys uh, coordinators, offensive, defensive, and special teams, had their press conference. There were a few topics that I thought were interesting that we'll uh, dissect. Uh, we'll also get into a little talk on the Chargers offense versus the Cowboys defense. we got Bucky Brooks joining us in the second segment. He'll answer some questions and uh, and give us some scouting review on the uh, team the Cowboys will face on Sunday. Uh, and and we'll maybe get to some questions. We'll see how it goes. I don't know how much Dave and Nick want to talk today, but uh, if they don't talk as much, then we'll maybe get to some questions. We'll see. I take offense to that. But Why do you take offense? I, That's I, not a bad thing. I, I, I like the fact you guys talk. That's okay. good. That's why people tune in. All right. Whatever. Okay. All <laughs> what? right. Okay. All right. Oh, let's go. Come on. Let's go. All right. Let's, let's talk right some in. football. Let's jump right in. Coordinator, press conferences. Let's start first, Dave. You had an interesting question for uh, for, for, for um, the offensive Yeah, for Kellen, for the offensive coordinator. Um, you asked him about the disparity uh, run versus pass. What was his answer, and, and what did you think of it? Uh, it's and I don't think it's a controversy, but it's just it's something that's kind of uh, rankled me here over the last week because you see – differing opinions about the way that the Cowboys play that. But essentially, I asked Kellen, you know, they famously threw 58 times and ran what whatever it was, like 14 or 15. And Kellen even said they checked out of half of their run calls from the game. And I just asked him, you know, it's so, it's so easy to put it into boxes of like throwing versus running. Like Zeke has to hit this magic number or we didn't, we weren't balanced enough. And I was like, you don't look at it that way do you it's a much more collective approach and he he went into this whole spiel about he's like yeah I mean I I don't care what it says on the stat sheet I mean we threw a quote-unquote pass to Tony Pollard that traveled four inches out of Dak's hands and that counts as a pass but he picked up nine yards on it and we talked about it We've talked about it a few times. You know, they few they threw at least three or four smoke screens in that game, just getting the ball out, and it counts as a pass, but it's effectively a run. And I love that approach. I love the fact that Kellen Moore, it, and it's one game. It's a small sample size, but that's what worries me. Honestly, is that Zeke is a ninety million dollar player, and you worry that the team would feel pressure to feed him because of who he is. And that was not the case on Thursday night. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I, like I said, it kind of rankles me when people are like, well, Zeke's got to get his touches. You got to No, you do what's smart. Attack the defense in the way that presents the best opportunity for success. And I've thought about this over the last week is it remind maybe my least favorite game in the time that I've covered this team is the 2019 Vikings game pissed me off so much because they kept running into that defense on first and second and long and putting themselves in situations and Dak kept bailing them out 
only for them to go back to the run at the end of the game and it cost them the game. It mm-hmm. was awful coaching. And yeah. so it was really encouraging to see them do the opposite. Yeah. I've been talking for five minutes now, but it's something that I clearly feel passionately about. <laughs> the so. uh, It's interesting. You mentioned that that Dak changed a lot of those plays, Nick. Uh, I think he said 12 of the pass plays, that were call pass plays, Dak checked at the line of scrimmage. Uh, just playing devil's advocate, because I personally believe, hey, do what's best when you get to the line of scrimmage. If you need to check them and you check them all the mm-hmm. passes, if that's a better look, go for it. But being a de- being devil's advocate here, do you think that could become problematic as the season goes on if if your your offensive coordinator is really wanting to establish a run? And sometimes you're running into situations where you know you may not get a lot, but you do need to keep balance. Do you, in those instances, think that could be a little problematic? Yeah, I mean, uh, and I do think it's problematic. I'm okay. not just being devil's advocate. I, I think that it is. I, I, I like the fact that you're not just going to run into a brick wall if it's not there. If it's not there, you're just doing it for the sake of running it to, to try to, you know, keep them honest. And I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. But I do think that, you know, certain plays, those those design screens, bubble screens and all that that are really just trying to to you know move the chains in a different way and spread them out, they don't work as well down by the goal line. So I do think that you have to establish that you have to run because you're, or you're just going to kick field goals. And they did, and they and they didn't win that way. This this way of Dak of carrying the team and throwing all these yards, I mean, they're two and four. They're two and four the last six games that Dak has started. He keeps them in a game, but. It has to start flipping the other way, and it hasn't yet. But I, I, I think he's amazing. I think he's playing out out of his mind. But I think they need a little bit more balance, and, I, and especially when it gets down to the goal line, they're gonna have to figure out ways to score. And if if it's just him throwing it to Amari Cooper, if they can figure that out, then they'll figure it out. But I mean, they got to figure out ways to score. I think running the ball will help them do that. When you say balance, what do you mean? I think balance as far as as is. Run not not just run past, not just the, the amount of runs, but is where you where do you utilize your your yards in the middle of the field? I mean, you have to like keep them off offset a little bit because you can keep throwing it to the wide sides and all that, but it gets tightened up down there. I mean, eventually you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work the middle. And I, I think they will. I think this is an anomaly game, I, I think, in a lot of ways. You're not going to face a quarterback like that. You're not going to face a defense like that. So I want to see more. I said this on the radio. I want to see more games because I, Tampa was so unique to what I think they're going to see most of the year. But didn't they do that, if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, and you guys have much, much better photographic memories of points in games, but it seemed like they were in the red zone this last game, and I thought on first down they ran Zeke, and then on second down – Dak ran the ball. Is that accurate? And then they, and I don't even know if they got in the end zone on that drive, but it did seem like they ran some, both with Dak and with Zeke, in the red zone. It still didn't necessarily mean that they got in the end zone every time they were in the red zone, right? Yeah, I mean, they got in the red zone, is it three times and scored. One, they scored one out of four. One out of four. One touchdown out of four. Uh, I'm looking at it. Thank you for the compliment. My memory is not that amazing. The no, main, you guys are much better at that than I am. Uh, go ahead. They threw three straight times on the missed field goal by Zerline. Um, they did uh, try. No, actually, they went. Um, they threw three straight times on the right after the quick change turnover by Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Then, which I thought that was the one that was like. You probably ought to do a little bit yeah. something different. But go ahead. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And then they they did try to run 
on the long drive at the beginning of the third quarter and the option obviously yeah. and th- some of that's execution honestly like they True. did they did try it and that's um you know somebody i think somebody asked us about that earlier this week and i was like that was a great play call jarwin's got a block zeke's got to do something better yeah. i mean it is what it is this like you can do every, you can make every right decision up until the snap, and it still won't work if you don't yeah. do what you need to do. You know it, what's what's amazing, kind of from an ironic standpoint, where we were what a month ago, you know, out in California, and worried about this and that when it comes to Dak. It's just if somebody would have been like, oh, don't worry about the ankle, you know, he'll run three or four times, and and he'll run an option on the goal line, they're fine. Oh, the shoulder, no. He'll throw 58 passes against the Bucks, and that'll be fine. You know, don't worry about it. He, he's going to be okay. That's what he said. That's what he said. Basically, that's what he said. And and I think everybody else in the country was trying to. I mean, paint a different story. We say but. this all the time that like next year we're not going to fall for this. We're not going to fall for the banana on the tailpipe. You know, we're not. We're not, not falling for the banana. On the <laughs> we're not going to do that. Like like if if they say that they're hurt, oh, it's probably not a big deal. But it's training camp, and then we do it. We fall for it because we got to. You know, we're going to write about this and that. But like. Next year, when a guy gets pulled out for one little thing, like we're gonna be like, eh, it's probably not nothing. Well, but then but you, you go back two years ago, you just got that with with Lyell, take and then case by like case basis, I know. case by case I know. basis. Yeah, it just you just never know. But I, I will say this: I won't make a habit of doubting Z. I mean, Dak when he says something when it comes no. to that, because what we've seen is when he says I'm good. He's gonna be out there, yeah. and and I will I will follow that. I guess but, at this point. Can I just kind of throw this out there? I mean, I, I said this. I'm talking about the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. We got one game. We've got five that Dak played, and they and and I said, you know, they're they're two and four. I'm not I'm not blaming Dak. I'm saying this this style of play is doesn't necessarily is not conducive to wins because both of those two wins but were the, very last second plays. But I think there are teams in the NFL ha- that have used that kind of formula and have won. Right? The Bucks played the same style of game and won. They ran the ball 14 times for three and a half yards. Through 50, right? Brady, Brady threw 50 times. So I mean, it does work. The question becomes: Does it work for this team? Do you have right. the other pieces in place? Is the defense good enough? Is the is the kicking game good enough? Yeah. Like those are the things. I don't know if it's necessarily Dak and the style of using Dak to just throw the ball a lot. If that's you know, yeah, I mean, wins or losses. And, and there's a lot of games that come down to the last play, last field goal. I mean, that that's that's. That's going to happen. All I'm saying is, is when we've seen this shift of what's the best thing they do, and right now the best thing that right. they're doing is, is kind of leaning on Dak. It, it's been great, and it's great. if you have Dak in your fantasy team, you're loving it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're winning games yet, and that um, that that could be for a lot of different things. That's it's it's funny. It's that Thursday night was a truer showing of what they can do in my opinion because again and i know dak played five games but it was such it was so weird i mean getting down minus three in turnover differential like probably three out of the five times they played that's not normal by that's not normal by any team standards and that is you know going back to the fact that they're not going to have lyle I have faith in dak to make this work because of how much he's grown as a quarterback but Having an iffy offensive tackle opens you up a little bit for turnovers. I mean, uh, Cleveland's a great example. Terrence Steele gave up a sack in that Browns game that I believe Dak fumbled it, yeah, right? Yeah, it changed. Yeah, it changed the course of it. It's yeah. really where it, it, it started. started to yeah. kind of get away from him. And that's, I don't worry about Dak having time or 
making throws and that type of stuff, I think he can keep things going. But that does give me pause because it was the turnover problems that really – it was that that sank them more than the way that they were calling their offense yeah. last year. So they, they – you know, credit Kellen Moore and the offense to say, all right, this is what we've got. We know what we've got here in the interior. We know what they've got. We're going we're gonna to do these things on the outside. Is it is it going to be as tough in the middle or in San Diego? I'm sorry. Dang it. It's <laughs> over. It's Wednesday. And it's only Wednesday. Wednesday. Dang it. Chargers uh, defense. And uh, no, they're probably not going to be as stout in the middle. And you're going to get an all-pro guard back in there with Zach Martin. So I think they can, they can maybe run the ball a little bit more, be a little bit more uh, balanced in the play calling of of where they you know distribute the ball. I'll be surprised if it's that skewed again this week. Yeah, but but you know games take a life of of their own, and that's that's that game did that. Like you said, the Bucks played that way, you know, back and forth, and it was just it's it an is, entertaining game. It was, which I agree with you. It's funny though, because again, going back to when Dak was healthy, like. Of the games Dak has played in the McCarthy era, I think somebody every week somebody gets up there and they're like, "Yeah, it was a weird game." I'm like, "When are you going to play a normal game? Right? Like, when, when, a quote unquote? Yeah. Like when are you going to play a game that's not weird? I, like they all sort of follow a bizarre but, script when you really boil it. Like down. the Rams game week one, maybe? No, yeah. no, 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 no. You can't call that one not weird because it was the strangest thing I've ever heard of a football game. Other than maybe a junior high game where you just what just because nobody was there nobody like CD caught like a thirty yard pass and no one even you you, you just hear CD Lamb on the catch you're like oh felt like practice yeah it was so that one was weird Atlanta I mean top five weird all time you know Cleveland that was pretty weird top five weird all time Seattle was a Seattle was weird too P- Tony Pollard put him behind the you know he put him in the hole yeah, early with the safety digs, the yeah. digs play the digs play yeah Tyler Lockett. John. Had a thirty burger in fantasy by the second quarter. <laughs> Giants game, you know, Dak getting carted it off. Was yeah. it, whole, it was weird. The whole real weird thing was weird. I mean, the whole season really, but yeah, those those games particularly. Twenty twenty was kind of weird, just in general. A little weird, a little different. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take our first break. Go ahead, Dave. Do you have some? No, I just now. I mean, we're still weird, but just we're just normal weird. I guess I don't know. I don't even know no. if that means, but Go to break. it sounds about right. Go to break. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to have Bucky Brooks join us. He's going to give us a breakdown of the Charger offense versus the Dallas defense. So that when we come back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com Cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Check out the new Miller Lighthouse located outside the AT&T Stadium where Dallas Cowboys game day traditions are born. Enjoy yard games, Cowboys cheerleaders, performances, beer gardens, and more. For more information, visit attstadium.com slash Miller Lighthouse. Miller Lighthouse, your tailgate just got jealous. Welcome back to the second segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I got Nick and Dave with me, and we also got on the line uh, normal addition to our show every Wednesday and Thursday, Mr. Bucky Brooks from NFL Network. What up, Bucky? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey. Good, good. It's time to uh, to get a little insight on these Chargers. Um, first, before we get to that, though, I'd love for you just to give me kind of a, a, a quick uh, review of your thoughts on the Cowboys versus Buccaneers. Uh, really interesting, because the Cowboys played much better than I anticipated in that game. Uh, it wasn't a pretty game for them, but I thought they adapted and adjusted and handled the energy by dealing with the defending champions. I thought Dak Prescott was very impressive getting the ball out of his hands. Um, I think the football world got a chance to see why some have touted him as a top five player of the position. I think he showed all of that, and that was the really impressive part. Ezekiel Elliott won't get enough credit for the job that he did in pass protection, but for those who take shots at him for the lack of run game production, I think his value as that pass protector really showed up. And then defensively, they took the ball away. They had four turnovers. And so it was a winnable game. I think they'll rude the job that Blake Jarwin did down at the goal line on that option play that should have been a touchdown. But I think there's things to build on. But they're going to have to step up and play because the team they got coming on deck is a really good team. All right, let's move on to that team, the Chargers. Uh, tell me, as we like to start, what, what do, does their offense do best and what is their greatest weakness? Uh, I'll say, for one, this is a well-coached football team. Uh, for a young guy, Brandon Staley has a clear uh, vision for how he wants this team to play. They do a really good job of avoiding the uh, self-inflicted things that hurt teams. And then they got a lot of talent. Offensively, I would say the best thing that they do is that combination of Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert is real. Keenan Allen is, I mean, look, man, going all the way back, he's kind of like an N1 mixtape street ball artist on the perimeter. He is going to be a problem on the outside in terms of his route running ability and his ability to create separation. And then Justin Herbert just plays the game at a maturity level that extends beyond his years. And so this is one where the Cowboys coverage and pass rush has to step up because this is a passing team, not a running team. What is a, I know we look at dynamic running backs, but you know, Austin Eckler He's a guy that kind of does so many different things. Like, how, how, how can he hurt? Now, I know he wasn't 100% healthy this last game, but how does he really kind of 
hurt teams with his ability to kind of do so many different things? You know, and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna be frank, like he he's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think he's great. I don't think he causes like sleepless nights. I think he's the beneficiary of playing with a talented crew around him. And his his production is more of a byproduct of teams wanting to take away other guys and they will live with him doing what he does. He has not been a guy that since he has been given the RB1 role that has really lived up to expectations when it comes to it. But if you let him get in space and work one-on-one on your linebacker and your linebacker can't cover, he certainly can give you problems. But it's the others that worry you more than Austin Eckler coming out the backfield. So, Bucky, I used to hate talking about cornerbacks traveling because in the Rod Marinelli era, they didn't do it. It felt like a waste of time. But we saw Trayvon Diggs go with Mike Evans a little bit last week, and he did an amazing job. So my question to you is, do you think he's up to that challenge against Keenan Allen, or maybe do you try to stick him with Mike Williams and sort of handle Keenan Allen by committee? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's really two different thoughts on how you do it, right? So if you travel your corner, you can go good on good, meaning, look, I'm going to go Trayvon Diggs versus Keenan Allen, and you have to handle him without help. I'm not sending a linebacker or safety or anybody in your direction. Or I can take Trayvon Diggs and lock up your number two, double-team your number one, and see if I can force you to your third option in the passing end. Um not knowing DQ well enough when it comes to those tactics, I don't know how he'll elect to handle that. But the one thing about traveling, look, it's easy for the guy who is the traveler. It's harder for everybody else if they don't have the IQ and the flexibility to move around and play different things. Even though it seems like it'd be easy, like, hey, everyone's playing man-to-man, but man is different playing inside as opposed to outside. So you have to know your personnel and know, am I okay with Jordan Lewis? maybe having to go outside, or I'm okay with Anthony Brown maybe having to play in the slot if we match it up that way. And so you have to feel like what gives my guys the best opportunity to succeed. And sometimes it may include traveling. Sometimes it may say, hey, let's play right and left and just kind of line up and play whoever's on our side. Bucky, when you when I went back and looked at some of the uh, stats from that week one game between the Chargers and the Washington football team, the Chargers are now, after one game, fifth in passing in the league. And that's against one a defense that most of us believe is one of the better defenses in the league. Certainly has a great pass rush, uh, good defensive front. Uh, what did they do in this game? What did the Chargers do in this game uh, to have success against a really, really stout Washington defense? Uh, their guys up front were better than the guys for the Washington football team. Uh, Rayshon Slater was not worried or intimidated or fearful of Chase Young at all, and he played that way very early in the game, and after a while, Washington moved Chase Young off of him. And so, as you know, when you have a good and dominant blue-chip left tackle, it allows you to be able to do a bunch of different things. And um, the Chargers have enough confidence that now they're able to expand the playbook for Justin Herbert because they feel like he is going to be protected. And when you do that, you get five out in the route and you have a quarterback who's a good decision maker, they can constantly put pressure on the defense because they can find Walter. They can find the matchup that they like and they can go to it over and over again. And so because they're better up front and also Corey Lindsey, uh, the center, the offensive line is just better. So because their line is better, they can do more things than offense. 
I'm glad you mentioned Rashawn Slater, so I don't have to, Bucky. Appreciate that. <laughs> but, well, and going along with that, I talked about this on the show yesterday. They only pressured her, Washington only pressured Herbert five out of 49 times the other day. And that's terrifying in its own right. But the thing that worries me, is it fair to say Herbert is a guy, He just, I mean, he seems like a play extender. Like, I just feel like Dallas is going to be playing a bunch of six and seven second plays. Is that accurate? And what can they do to kind of combat that and, and get Herbert to get rid of the ball a little bit faster? Well, it's a combination. Jack Debra and the Washington football team, they really don't like to bring pressure. They're not like a blitz-happy team. So they're different than the Buccaneers would play. They're different than the Ravens would play. They're not going to challenge you to pick up all the exotics at the line of scrimmage. Um, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you got to eat it up. Uh, I don't think you're good enough to just line up and say, hey, we're going to rush four, play seven, and our guys are better than your guys. I think DQ has to be creative in how he attacks Herbert. He has to kind of make him um, have some difficulty uncovering and figuring out what they're doing. And some of that may be from packages, uh, moving Michael Parsons around, moving people around, putting different spot guys in different spots so maybe they can't get the protection lined up right. But you have to use some creativity to just disrupt the rhythm of the quarterback because Justin Herbert is too good. If you're going to make this a seven-on-seven game, he is going to win in those games, and he's already shown that as a second-year player. You know, Bucky, we talked about you talked about Parsons. From our view, or my view, I'll say I'll speak for myself in the from the press box. The first half looked like a market looked like a rookie from you know this playing his first ever game against the best quarterback in the world. The second game, he looked like the guy that everyone's kind of expecting. Did you see the same thing? What do you th- what did you see out of Micah? Yeah, no, look, man, the game is big uh, for rookies, particularly it's a big stage. It's a primetime game. The football world is watching. It's different. Like, you guys have been around it enough to know there's something different about playing Thursday night primetime, Monday night, Sunday night, because all eyes are on you. So it took them a while to settle in. The second half, we saw the Michael Parsons that everyone wanted to see. We saw the versatility. We saw the speed, the power, the explosiveness. We saw the disruptive playmaking potential. And I like the combination where they had Michael Parsons and Keanu Neal on the field at the same time. I do wonder how are they going to continue to reshuffle the deck when it comes to the linebackers to put the best 11 on the field. But I think Mike is going to be fine. I think he has an opportunity to be a difference maker, and they need him to be a difference maker just when he gets the charges. Let's talk about the uh, the Chargers and and what I think was probably their Achilles heel in this game. If you look at the numbers, they uh, they averaged nine plays per drive, which was second in the league last year. I mean, last week uh, they averaged forty seven yards per drive, which was fourth in the league. But they only averaged two point two points per drive, which suggests to me they moved the ball a lot and pretty effectively, and then bogged down when it came to getting the ball into the end zone. What happened uh, as far as their offense was concerned that, that kept them from getting as many points as their yards suggest they maybe should have had? Uh, a couple of things that stand out. One, about the stats that you put out. If you have nine or ten plays in the National Football League, on average, man, the odds work against you the more plays that you have because the odds suggest that something bad is going to happen. A penalty, a negative play, a turnover, it's just hard to sustain drives. So the number one thing is they're not getting enough explosive plays uh, they can accumulate a lot of yards, but they're not getting the chunk plays. Because the score points in the NFL, you have to have explosive plays, 25-plus passes, being able to throw it outside of the red zone into the end zone for touchdowns. And so they go from 20 to 20, but in the red zone, 
the Washington football team plays a really good red zone defense. They use the field dimensions to their advantage. They use the sideline and the end zone as extra defenders, and they were able to keep things in front and force them to settle for uh, field goals and those things. And so it should be a defensive job. And so for the Cowboys, once again, it's understanding what are the most important things that you want to take away. Keep the ball in front of the defense. Don't give them the cheap ones. Make them earn those yards and earn the points. And so if they can do that and know that hey, he may ring up 300 yards, but if we can keep the 20-yard-plus pass pace under wraps and not let Austin Eckler or anybody leak out, the odds suggest that the Cowboys defense will play well enough to get a win. That's really great insight, Bucky. We appreciate it. All right, we'll be gonna, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, we will be uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this matchup between the Chargers' offense and the Dallas defense. We'll have Bucky back on again tomorrow. He'll break down uh, the uh, the Chargers' defense versus the Cowboys' offense. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Invite Rowdy to your next event. From watch parties to birthday parties, corporate events, special deliveries, and more, Rowdy brings games, entertainment, and photo opportunities to all occasions. Visit dallascowboys.com slash rowdy to book your appearance today. I'm so upset. It's my mom's birthday today. I forgot to do that. That would have been epic. If I was willing to spend the money, would Rowdy just come to a sports bar and watch football with me? Yes. You think so? Yes. Yes. He, he's two about, hours he's about the money. You just you, you pay him for two hours. He's going to show up. Sit next to me. Don't talk. Pose for photos with doesn't whoever. Talk. Well, I know don't, exactly. Don't well, talk. Yeah, uh, that yeah. part's easy. Hey, Rowdy, yeah. don't talk. Now the other part of him kind of doing goofy stuff. Like I don't know how you feel about that. No, but, I don't want him to do goofy stuff. I okay. just want him to sit on the stool next to me and watch football. While you drink, I, and I, he I sits think, there. Yeah, hot and sweaty yeah. in there. Yeah. 
I'm right. thinking he would do that. I'll look into it. It would be interesting because when you're like, especially if your team loses. Because if your team loses, you get into this like weird funk of like you know the, the life is ending yeah. for everybody. Yeah, my so, nihilistic side. Right. Comes out. So then you just turn and you're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because because you know the the ozone's dying anyways. And you look over and you see Rowdy. And you're like, oh, maybe maybe he sparks a little bit of. You know, energy, or maybe you want to punch him in the face. I don't know. I just love the <laughs> mental image of me being drunk and depressed about my bad football team, and Rowdy's just sitting next to me, grinning that, from ear to ear, yeah, with that permanent smile on yeah. his face. Yeah, that'd be anyway, great. Sorry. Wearing an LSU jersey. I'll buy him one. Yeah, I'll that would be interesting. All right. I don't think that would work. But go ahead. Everyone hates us. They want us to talk about the Cowboys. All right. I did want to have. I had a couple questions coming out of our interview with Bucky uh, for you guys. Nick, you I think were the one that that mentioned the whole idea of traveling. We hadn't talked a lot about that uh, from last week. What was that day? It was me. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. You don't have a good memory. I don't I have a horrible <laughs> memory. I absolutely have a horrible mem- memory. Um, but that being said, what would you guys do? Would you would you consider traveling him? This week, in future weeks, and if so, specifically to this week, which which route do you tend to, to go for? Do you say take away the top guy, or do you say take away the second guy and I'll do it by committee with the top guy? I th- I said it earlier this week that Trayvon did so great against Mike Evans. Keenan Allen is a he's a similar type yeah. of player. Um, although that's probably when I say that, I just mean they're both big. Yeah. I don't know how similar they like. Mike Evans mm-hmm. is a big go get the ball guy. Keenan Allen is just as much of a technician as Amari Cooper in mm-hmm. terms of the way he gets open and his wingspan is insane. Um I don't I'm I would like to maybe I'd like to see more from Trayvon before I'm ready to ask that of him. Maybe and that's Bucky Is that is it more of an ask than last week? I I that's right. I don't know. I think I think Keenan Allen's the same. I think Keenan Allen's better player than I Mike Evans. I, I don't know. I, I said that very unconfidently. I get I mean it's they're both really good and he played really great. If that's the way they want to go, I got no complaints, but maybe Trayvon would do a better job of working on Mike Williams and you can collectively so, yeah. deal with Keenan Allen. I I could see it either way. I I'm, I, I didn't even think this was a conversation because I didn't think Trayvon Diggs was good enough to take Michael Evans away like that, with all due respect to him. So this is sort of opening my mind to a brand new set of possibilities that we could see as we go. You know, the, the thing, of, and we've done this for years, it's like a lot of times when people ask, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to do this? Are they going to put that? You know, it's not like a baseball game where you go into and you have to turn in your lineup before the game. I mean, right. like, it's everything. Yeah. It's everything you just said. Double team him. You know, let let Diggs travel with with Keenan Allen for a series, and then and then goes. when they sit down on the sideline, they're like, all right, hey, so when twenty seven follow, or, sorry, he's seven now. Yes, yeah, when seven follows you around, and then the next thing you know, he's, he's on not. the other side, and yeah. you double team him. So you, you're going to do a little bit of everything. But again, I like the fact that they're doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. It probably makes it a little more of a challenge because the defense has to be smart enough to adapt in game yeah. to doing different things. But I think that's actually a better thing. For it's me. it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, Rod Marinelli just he did what he did. He didn't like to do. He didn't like to travel. He kept guys where they were. He didn't like to blitz. Somebody during the Raiders game, a friend of mine on Twitter was like, "The Raiders have blitzed like once." I didn't even know this was possible. And I was like, "I did. I watched Rod Marinelli coach defense for like eight years." Yeah, this uh, is what he does. They, so, they, now they, yeah. you got to give them some credit though. They they, uh, they did a nice job with with Lamar no, Jackson. They of, did, especially yeah. later in the they game. They did. Yeah. I mean, they won the game. I I didn't mean to. I'm not. Throwing too much dirt on Rod Marinelli. Not he's, on the defensive coordinator, his, I wouldn't. His resume. Wait, what? 
in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I thought it wasn't. But he just he doesn't like the blitz. Yeah. He he wants to get home with his front four, and Max Crosby did that a lot for him the other night. Yeah, I yeah. will say this though, and I feel like a broken record to say it all the time. But you know, when when you say, "Well, Diggs travels," if Diggs travels, Anthony Brown travels. Yeah, like they both travel. That's the thing. Like, and so yes, Diggs is capable of doing it. But that means the other guy has to do it as well. All right, real quick before we end the show, I did want to get your uh, perspectives on the linebacker position. Bucky talked a little bit about it. This week, do you expect to see a similar – do you expect to see Dallas do a similar thing from the standpoint of how they deploy their linebackers, primarily using Parsons and uh, and Keanu Neal? Because in last week's game, it was more about stopping the pass. I don't like it, honestly. I think Leighton Van Der Esch needs to play football. I think he needs to be out on the field. I think he's a really good player. Uh, when he's healthy. He hasn't always been healthy, but I'm going to give him a, a shot. I, I, he needs to play more. Um, I think him and Parsons need to play in the nickel, and I'd put Neal in there too. He used to play safety. Let's put them all in there. Make him a safety in the nickel. I think Van Der Esch is, is more effective if he's out there. I don't necessarily think you're wrong, but I just I I see it kind of trending that way where Neal and Parsons eat up the snaps because – this league, it's it's turning into basketball on grass. It already has been, but it, that's not going away. Austin Eckler, what he does, and he actually did not catch a pass in week one, but I wonder how much more they'll get him involved as he gets healthier. That's a guy that I want speed. I want speed on speed. I want guys who can move in space. Not saying Jay, uh, they, uh, not saying Leighton Van Der Esch can't do that, but a guy who used to play safety maybe could do it better. We know about Micah's athleticism. So with just the way that teams like to attack through the air, I tend to think that these snap counts are going to stay the way they were. And now, if they get Leighton more involved, I'm not upset about that. But that's just sort of my expectation. I All thought right. he was pretty good in, in, in you know getting interceptions and stuff his rookie year. I, I know that's a few years ago, but I still think he, he can do that. I think he's an instinct, instinctive player. Um, I, I'd like to see him out there more. And I'm not saying for, for Neal. I think Neil can play safety. I really do, and I think and that. So in a, in a in a like Neil comes in for Donovan. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm okay. fine with that. All right. I mean, you know, or Donovan played pretty well. Last he week, did. I, I mean, it, or or Casey or or whatever. You know, trick it up. I mean, figure figure out ways to do it. But I I I think Van Der Esch, You know, his biggest Achilles heel is when he's hurt. When he's not, he's a good football player. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get into uh, Cowboys offense versus the Chargers defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!